ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Welcome. My name is Shannon Davis, and boy, do I have a treat for you tonight. We've got literally a once-in-a-year opportunity, and I'm welcoming back to the program tonight, Henry Groover. It is an honor to have you on. Brother, if I never do another show again, I thank God that I had an opportunity to do this show with you tonight because you're that important to me and to the body of Christ and the work that God has got you doing globally, and that's the reason we don't get many opportunities to get this man of God on the program because much of the year he's on assignment by the Lord, traveling the globe, taking back the land in Jesus' name. And he's going to be talking about some of his travels and uh, what he has been able to witness as he's prayer walked the globe. Brother Henry, welcome back to the show, my brother. God bless you. It's good to be back again. I'm sorry I've, I've been so hard to find and hard to catch. Well, listen... We're, we're not complaining because we got you here tonight. And uh, you've got a captive audience out there tonight. Brother Henry, before you take the mic, and uh, as always, I want to give you the mic, and you can go anywhere the Holy Spirit gives you to go. Uh, open it up in prayer for us tonight. Amen. Well, Father in heaven, I just want to thank you with all of my heart, Lord, for my brother Shannon Davis and the Mega Man and for the, the testimony and for the the love and the zeal that is there in his heart to call the bride of Christ together to realize and recognize the sign of the time and the day and the hour that we're living. And I, I thank you, Father, for men like Brother Davis, Lord, and, and I just pray that you'll bless him abundantly and bless this program as we share tonight, Lord, that uh, you will take it where you want to go with it. Lord, you know each listener. You know the heart of each person out there. And we definitely want to reach into the heart of individuals. We can't see them sitting here, but you see them. You know every person that is listening. And so, Lamb of God, we just commit this time to you. We declare the power of the shed blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ over the every form of communication and conversation and every listener and every person that is, is recording lamb of God, that this will only go into the hearts, minds, and ears of individuals that are hungry, that truly are searching for the truth and are crying out. 
So, Lamb of God, we just look to you now. We look to you for guidance. We look to you for, for direction. We need your help. We desperately need your help. And so we ask for that and believe for it and praise you with all of our hearts that you are in control. And we certainly yield now and give you full control. It's all yours, Lord. You take it from here and do what you want to do, we pray. And just bless the listener and bless each, each expression that is expressed from this time on. And Lord, protect the airwaves that this thing gets out across the, the heavens and back down to earth. Lord, your word says that in the last days that your, your doctrine will fall as the rain and distill as the dew. And we certainly live in a time by satellite and all this form of communication that it certainly can fall like the rain and distill as the dew. So we ask that it fall on the heart and mind and spirit of those that are hungry, that will take it and that you will seal it in them, Lord, and it will stay inside of them until it has brought forth an abundance of fruit after its kind. And we ask this in the name of our only Lord and Savior, the only true and the only living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that gave his life for us, died and rose again the third day, and is alive right now at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for the saints. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I say amen. amen. Welcome, everybody. If you're just joining us, we've got... Minister Henry Groover in the house. Now, Brother Groover, before you begin to speak, I just wanted to ask you, do you have something to drink there in case you get thirsty? And if at any time you want to take a break, you just give the word and I can go to a song and give you a moment, stretch your legs, get some more to drink, and you can come on back and keep going. <laughs> All righty. I've got a little bottle of water sitting right here. Praise God. Uh, with that, I'm going to throw it to you. The last time we had you on, it was December 10th, 2015, and I think you were preparing to go on your next mission, probably to Taiwan and Japan. I'm going to let you pick it up right there. That's right. It, uh, I was preparing for Taiwan, Japan, Singapore, Malaysia, and points beyond, never knowing how far. Uh, I did get to Taiwan. I did get to Japan. Uh, Singapore, Malaysia canceled out on me, but that's all right. Uh, I just always ask the Lord to put me where he wants me, when he wants me there, because if there's one thing that I desire in my life, it's not to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I want to be right on time with the Lord. I want to be right before the individuals, few or many that the Lord chooses me to be with, and that, that then the mission is accomplished. I've delivered my soul, and according to Ezekiel chapter 2, then uh, the blood is not on my hands, but I have spoken the truth and have uh, poured out my heart according to what the Lord has given me, and that's, that's all he asks, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty. He gives it to us, we deliver it. So I guess you could just call me a delivery boy. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I enjoy being a delivery boy. I sang as a young man, I'll go where you want me to go. 
I'll do what you want me to do, and I'll say what you want me to say. I'm saying, get, just take the whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And uh, now at 74 years old, I'm in my 55th year of trampling the earth, and uh, I just praise God that uh, he has He has allowed me to keep going the way he has, and the, the strength and the health that he's kept me in, and the healings when I've been sick, and uh, hey, I don't have anything to complain about. We've raised our family, and uh, my wife and I now are just free to serve the Lord and do what he wants us to do, and that that blesses me. Hallelujah. I just want to keep going till he says, Henry, you're done. Come on home. <laughs> Amen. And when he does that, I won't argue for a second. Well, what we've been doing this year, of course, is what I've been doing again, as I said, for 55 years as of January this year, prayer walking nations. And uh, uh, we've worked now 55 nations, so we're working on it. And uh, the, the heart, the heart of what we do, I don't just go in and teach it. Uh, I don't just go in and hold conferences. I do do that, but uh, the the heart of what I do is to is to do them, uh, give it on job training. Get out there and do it. And uh, we have been doing exactly that, and uh, we're seeing some real trouble spots on the face of the earth, and uh, God is just leading us to them, and so we just walk right into them. But uh, to, to start tonight, I'd like to, I'd really like to remind God's people, just speak into their life, uh, remind God's people of the, you know, we, we all commonly know what's called the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and bring the good news to every creature. We, we, we know about that, but in today's world, uh, I think there's something that we're forgetting, and I'm hearing in the body of Christ an awfully lot of teaching about our authority now, and I, I, I'm very thankful that many books and uh, seminars and teachings are taking place uh, regarding prayer walking and spiritual warfare. I'm very thankful for that. But uh, I, the, the kingdom teaching, the kingdom now teaching, uh, we're getting a lot of Kingdom Now teaching, and uh, the, the thing that disturbs me about it uh, is a high percentage of it talks mainly about transfers of wealth and and all of these kind of things. But uh, that is not the the thrust or the emphasis of my life, and, and I have no desire whatsoever to make it that. Uh, because I have to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and uh, be reminded of what I was made for. What were you made for? You were, you were fearfully and wonderfully made, the scripture says. David talked about how wonderfully made we are and how, how really visible God is about our life and how knowledgeable he is about our life, that he even said, if I sit down, you know when I sit down, you know when I stand up, you know my thoughts. And he gives a whole psalm there of, uh, of what our, 
our position is and uh, in the Lord. And then if you, if you just jump all the way forward in the New Testament and you go to uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, I, I love the book of Romans. It, it's a powerful chapter. Uh, that chapter 8, I, I cannot emphasize enough uh, the value of it and the beauty of it. But uh, let's go all the way forward here to, to verse 35, all right? And, and it, it starts with this word, who. I'm reading out of the King James translation. I've never changed from a King James man. And uh, the reason for that is, is because I walked where King James was translated, that uh, the King James Bible in 1611. I'd been in the room where it was done and walked the land of it. And uh, I, could, I could give you a tour on that land across Great Britain, and I could show you stones and markers where the martyr's blood is on the King James translation. And that makes this, this book very precious to me when individuals die for this translation. The first one to die, of course, was Alban. Alban was a 16-year-old boy. An evangelist was preaching in a village up near the border of England and Wales. And uh, the authorities came at him because the next king wanted to eradicate the King James Bible. And here he was preaching out of it, and he took off running, and uh, a Christian family opened the door to him to come in from the authorities, and their 16-year-old son had the evangelist give him the cloak that he was wearing, and he threw that cloak over him and ran out the back door, and the pursuers saw him running and uh, pursued him and shot him through and killed him with an arrow. And where he fell, they buried him. Well, now in London, there is a, a big uh, Anglican cathedral called St. Albans, and uh, they made him a saint. Well, he was only 16 years old, but he was the first martyr of the King James translation that we know of, and there have been many since. But uh, here's the key to me. Uh, that 16-year-old boy, I'm sure, was appreciative and aware of verse 35 of Romans 8 that asked the question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, if you've heard me before, you've heard my testimonies many times of Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, and Romans 12, verse 1. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. People, that is the safest position you can hold in the Lord Jesus Christ is to believe, trust, rely, as the Amplified Bible says, trust, rely, and cling to those words. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. 
If you are dead and your life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus, you do not have a life to try to preserve, protect, or provide for. And if you keep that in mind, you'll go a whole lot farther in ministry. If you lose that concept and you begin to think that you have to be paid for everything you do in the Lord, then I'm sorry, then you, you have gone into, you, you passed from, from a child living by faith to a hireling, a hireling in the sheeping, uh, shepherding terminology, a hireling is paid to watch the sheep, and Jesus talked about a hireling. And he said, uh, a shepherd will give his life for the sheep. He'll go after the bear, the lion, or the wolf. But a hireling will turn and flee. And so to me, the, the very base, the very core of prayer walking is to, first of all, be certain, make certain that you have established your position with the Lord, that you have given your life over to him. So therefore, you do not have a life to save. You do not have a life to provide for. In these 55 years now, only one time that I know of did I ever tell my need. My wife and I and eight of our children were in a, a Buick estate wagon, and the, the uh, diesel fuel pump uh, injector pump went out. And... Uh, I called a person, and they, they, they wired money to do it, and I felt so horrible for doing that because I had told my need. And so what I did was I cried out to the Lord after that and said, Lord, please give me that amount of money before you give me money for anything else, food, lodging, whatever, Give me that amount of money that I paid to have that car repaired so we could continue on the road. And I want to get a money order and send it back to the person that I, I let know my need. And from that day, we have never let anybody know our need. And uh, I have materials, and Shannon knows that, and... Uh, and those materials have no price on them. We send them out just on a, an offering basis. And, uh, and we, we did that. And we do that simply because I, I don't have anything to sell. And we did it because we said, Lord, if, if we come out in the end of the year in the black, that means it's all paid for, we'll keep doing it. If we keep coming out owing, then we'll just believe that you don't bless us in it and you don't want us involved in that facet of ministry. And, and so that's another way that we've based our life. And uh, these are things that what I'm talking about are things that First Peter 5, verse 6 and 7, uh, Peter had to have understood this. And he knew that Jesus taught it. Jesus taught that uh, when you have a need... Pray. Go into your prayer closet, and I don't. I didn't plan on going this direction, but somebody needs this. You're just starting out prayer walking, doing ministry. You need this. Jesus said, "When you have a need, go in your prayer closet, and when you shut up the door behind you, pray to the Father in secret, and the Father who sees and hears in secret will reward you openly." Hallelujah. 
And I believe with the way the world is going now and uh, the way governments are restricting Christians and their giving and everything now, I, I believe we better really learn that even as Christians, whether you're a minister, prayer walker, or just what you feel, just a Sunday-go-meeting Christian. We need to really get a hold of that. But uh, that First Peter 5, verse 6 says, here's how, you, here's how you handle every challenge, whether it's spiritual, physical, financial, whatever it is you first of all do what that verse 6 says. You humble yourself under the hand of the mighty God, almighty God. And then he will exalt you in due season, which means he will just simply, the purpose for which you're humbling yourself before God, he will take control and you will let go and not keep control yourself and fully trust, rely, and cling to him in and through the challenge. And as you learn that in little things, he'll teach you, first of all, in little things. Redeeming the land is a major thing. It can be something that you you walk into a place where there is a full history of, of battles, where much bloodshed has taken place, much molestation and innocent blood has poured into the ground, much heartache and sorrow. Now that's a major battleground, and especially those kind of battlegrounds where people that are occult, in the occult and worshipers of Satan and the sun, the moon and the stars and nature and all these things, uh, these people set up altars in those areas and, uh, those areas have been developed across the face of the earth and around the globe by the powers of darkness, and uh, man has titled and called them ley lines, and ley lines crisscross. And uh, an example of the ley lines, I was walking and praying in Seattle, Washington, and right in the heart of Seattle by the publisher's building, the number used to be the tallest building in Seattle, isn't anymore, but... Uh, Right there is a triangle of roads that come along the publisher's building. Another 45-degree angle road comes in and another 45. And so you have a triangle right beside the publisher's building there. And in that triangle, they had uh, totem poles that they had gathered from all over the Northwest, from tribal areas. And then, of course, a few years ago, the tribal people registered a complaint and demanded their totem poles back. And so they had to give them back, but they didn't give them back until they made replicas or duplicates of those. And uh, then they pulled them up and released them in a ceremony back to the different tribes. Well, uh, I was in Juneau, Alaska, and the chief of the tribe of the Juneau Eskimos told me, he said, do you know that every real totem pole, every genuine totem pole, not just a, a marker or an artistic uh, sculptor that has been carved, but ones that have been ritualistically planted and put in the earth, there is a four-year-old girl that was dropped live after a ceremony 
and dropped live into that hole, and then the totem pole was pulled up and dropped down, crushing her body. And so, you see, even these kind of things that we call art, and these kind of things that we look upon and say, it's, it's just normal, it's just all right, it, is, it was very interesting to me to go into Seattle and walk by that publish, publish, publisher's building, the newspaper building, and find that triangle full of totem poles. And then to go into the main hallway of the publisher's building and find a four-foot by eight-foot sign right there in their hallway of ley lines, a map of ley lines going across the northwest and where they, where they come together and explaining what ley lines are, their PowerPoints for the New Age people and witchcraft people and people that worship the heavens, suns, moon, and stars and all that. Uh, so these are definitions. These are things that you can begin in the very basis of, of learning what a stronghold is. There's something that you may be able to find in your area. Uh, another area that is very common in, in, in any area across the earth where many of these PowerPoints crisscross uh, are like intersections of, of, in cities where one to two, three crisscrossing roads come together. And when they come together, there are multiple accidents and deaths and serious injuries happening so frequently. I've been at them where they've, they've, they've happened on the average every 36 hours, and we prayed over them. Now, having said that, okay, so what do we do? Obviously, anybody that lives around that, that intersection or has a business around it, what does that become? That becomes a care, doesn't it? It becomes a heavy care. It becomes a distraction. It's a distraction to their business. People can be in their business ready to buy something and that accident happens and what takes place? People run out of the business and go out to the accident and the business loses business and uh, because people are curious or they're very helpful at times like that and they they run to the aid of the hurt or the dying. And so that first Peter five verse six <clears throat> that begins with humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, verse seven says, casting all how much is all? How often do you hear me say this? That word all doesn't mean a part of, or when it's convenient, or just when you think it might be a good idea. Casting all of your cares upon him, for he careth for you. I had a young lady come up to me in a meeting just, uh, just a short time ago, and uh, she looked very down and depressed. And she said to me, she said, uh, Brother Henry, she said, would you pray for me? I don't think that Jesus cares for me anymore. And uh, I said to her, I understand your problem. She said, you do? 
And she seemed surprised. And I said, I understand it very well. I said, you have collected your cares. You've been collecting your cares. Well, she says, we all have a lot of cares. I said, we shouldn't. Well, she said, nobody's ever told me that. I said, I'm telling you that. Well, how do I get rid of my cares? And I said, First Peter 5, verse 7, verse 6, first of all, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That means you must come to a place that you recognize this care is greater than you are. Can you, the listener, go to that intersection where there are multiple accidents and stop those accidents? Man tries to do that all the time. He puts up traffic lights. He puts up flashing warning signs that you're approaching an intersection. He puts up signs that slow you down. But guess what happens? The accidents continue. Why do they continue? One reason and one alone. Because there is a covenant with death there. When innocent blood flows into the ground by a a murder, um, uh, two people fighting in anger and hatred, shedding blood, that literally creates a stronghold for the enemy. And the enemy has every opportunity and every permission to come there and set up an operational center. Well, you know what happens, and I know when he sets up an operational center, when the devil comes in, or his fallen angels, and sets up an operational center. John 8 and 44 tells very clearly the words out of our Lord's own mouth when he walked the earth. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. He's a murderer and a thief. For he did not come but to kill and destroy. And the only way he has license to do that is because of the transgression and the sin of man. And so I said to this young lady, I said, you see, you have been collecting cares. I want you to start right now thinking of all the concerns and the cares that have really been bothering you. And I want you to lift them up to Jesus and give them to Jesus. And then that verse 7 of 1 Peter 5 will become a reality to you. You will then know that he cares for you. And from that point, then you trust the Lord now that he took those cares. Now, don't come to me the next time I come here in a meeting and say, well, I'm trusting the Lord, but boy, it's so hard. I'm just so, I'm just having a rough time. It's just wearing me out. I'm going to have to say to you again, no, you're not trusting the Lord. And you might get a little upset. I had a lady say that to me a few nights ago as well. She come up to me and she said, I am just totally exhausted. I've been trusting the Lord and I've been doing everything I know to do. And I'm just totally exhausted. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, may I tell you the truth? 
She said, well, of course, I want to know the truth. I said, you haven't been trusting, putting, you haven't been putting your trust in the Lord. Not fully. She says, yes, I have. I trust him. I love him. I said, but you haven't really been putting your trust in the Lord. She says, I don't understand what you're saying, and I don't know if I like what you're saying. I said, it's okay. You can be upset with me, but don't be upset with the Word of God. The Word of God says, let all of them who put their trust in the Lord rejoice. You see, we can put our trust in the Lord prayer walking. We can declare the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord over that intersection, over that area of those totem poles, over those ley lines. But if we don't put our trust in the Lord, there is no rejoicing. And if there's no rejoicing, how do we know if we're really accomplishing anything? This is so important to remember. So the fruit of whatever you're doing to believe God and trust God in prayer walking or whatever, you must know that the fruit of really putting your trust in the Lord to accomplish what you're doing is that you rejoice. Every time as we go out to light these intersections or these strongholds, and we go in and we remit the sins as far back as needs be to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture. As many generations, we remit those sins and then ask the Lord to pour his goodness upon the sinner. Well, you say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That intersection was once a footpath in history then it became a trail, and then it became a road, and then a highway. Now, the people way back there are not alive, I know. I do not pray for the dead, no. I do not worship the God of the dead. I do not enter into ancestor worship. That is worshiping the God of the dead. Absolutely not. Do not enter into that. But sin, Proverbs says, one sinner destroys much good. Think about that. The effect of sin remains on people's lives, in people's lives, in families that become, they become what's called in the Bible iniquities, or that is a sin that goes on without repentance sin upon sin upon sin becomes an iniquity. And so then it builds up. And so obviously it started way back there with Adam and Eve, didn't it? It started somewhere back there with somebody in your family that may have been in grace and they fell from grace in the sense that they, they begin to sin and they stopped repenting. And then it began to be an iniquity because the repetition of that sin without repentance becomes iniquity, which is also called, another definition, the spirit of lawlessness. In other words, you're always pushing the law to the nth degree 
And if you make it by without getting caught, you become more and more reckless, running those yellow lights, running them later and later until somebody else turns in front of you in that light because they can see the light changing. It's been yellow a long time. So they gun it to make a right turn or something, and you're running that yellow light, and it's turned red while you were in there, and wham, you crash into another vehicle. That's an iniquity. It's a spirit of lawlessness. It's pushing the law and grace of the law to the nth degree. And so these kind of things begin to take place even in Christians' lives, believe it or not. And it's very sad to think that this begins to be a very, very repetitious thing in people's lives. So, okay, are you you ready to understand that? Now, let's go back to Romans here. And it asks, who shall separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are as counted as sheep for the slaughter. No, he says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Are you more than a conqueror in all? How much again, I ask? How much is all? Everything that is listed there. All these things we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. For I am persuaded, are you persuaded, that neither death, okay, you go into these areas, your life can be in danger. Nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now think about that. Think about that. How about Isaiah 54, verse 17? No weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Isn't that beautiful? That's a promise from Almighty God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage. Now, I want you to get that. This is the heritage of the saints of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Oh, boy. Think about this, people. Think about this. Go to, go to the book of Psalms, chapter 11. Okay? I want to show you some things here about what this is talking about. This is the heritage of the saints, of the, of, of the, of the children of the Lord. All right? Psalms, chapter 11. Just, it's just seven verses long. But look what it says. 
In the Lord, I put my trust. Here's your heritage. How do you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. Think about that. It says the wicked will do that. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? What are the foundations? There are our heritage, our inheritance in the Lord. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord tries the righteous. So you see, he puts you to the test. When God imparts to you, people come to me all the time and say, will you impart the anointing and the mantle on your life? Will you impart it to me? And I say, I have to say what Jesus said. Are you willing to drink of the cup that I've drank of? Are you willing to pay the price? In my doing this, please understand, I don't want you going out and immediately addressing a major stronghold if you've not believed God for a simple little thing. I want you to begin to build your faith muscles and your discernment slowly. And so begin to do things in a very little, small and, and gentle way until your spiritual muscles and faith are increased that you can handle the heavier loads. If you come in just beginning into a place that is a powerful stronghold where it said back there, powers and principalities. That again is Ephesians chapter six. You put your armor on and you're ready now to stand against powers and principalities, the ruler of darkness, the prince of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now you're ready for that when you have your armor on, but have you put your armor to the test? Have you fully entered so to speak, the priesthood of what Peter talks about, that we've entered into a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You only become a peculiar people by little by little changing your lifestyle under the test, you see, under the testing of the Lord. That's why it says... The Lord tries the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Yes, the Lord will put you to the test. Upon the wicked shall rain snares. He will rain snares, fire and brimstone, and in horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, his countenance doth behold the upright. Think about that. Think, think with me for a minute about that. Go to uh, what, what he just said there. He says, you, 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 uh, you're going to have some interesting experiences, aren't you? Wow, that, that, that's pretty potent. All right. Okay. Let's go over to the book of uh, Isaiah. I'll give you some Bible here in the beginning, then we're going to give you some understanding 
Isaiah 29, all right, chapter 29. All right, he says here, you shall be brought down and shall speak out of the ground. This is verse 4. He's talking to Ariel and, and to those that distress Ariel. Ariel is the lion of God. In, in, in Psalms, it says the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursues. You realize that when you're righteous, you're bold in the Lord. But he says, yet I will distress Ariel, and there shall be heaviness and sorrow, and it shall be unto me as Ariel. God is going to test you if you have a lion-hearted person. If you're a lion-spirited person, you are bold. He's going to test you. And uh, down here in verse 6, he says, you shall be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder, with earthquake, with great noise, with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire. Wow. That's powerful. Think about that. Daniel chapter 28, verse 3, and Isaiah 43, verse 2, and Revelation 13, verse 6, and Acts chapter 16, verse 26, and Zechariah 12, verse 3. All of these are scriptures that talk about uh, how God is purging and testing and trying his people. But what is this? You're going to be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder, with earthquake, with great noise, with storm and tempest and flame of devouring fire? What a visitation. Well, all right, now, why would God subject you to be in that form of an environment? Have you thought about it? It's a test. It's a test. It is not to destroy you. It is to build you. It is to cause you to build and be strengthened in your faith to stand up against it. I believe with all of my heart in the dominion that God has given me. That's in Genesis chapter 1. That's way back there in the beginning. Look at verse 26 of Genesis 1. And God said, Let us make men in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, over all the earth. Do earthquakes happen in the earth? Do floods? Do disasters occur in the earth? Accidents? Yes. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female, female he created them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, here we go again, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Hmm. Now think about this. 
That is exactly God's statement about the dominion that we have. Now, how long did it take for mankind to be tested in that dominion? Hmm, that's toward the end of chapter 1. How about the beginning of chapter 3? Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, did God really say that? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. I cannot tell you the number of times people have walked up to me and have said to me, why does God allow this and allow that? Why does this happen and why does that happen? Do you think at this very point right here, Eve could have said, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? This serpent is saying you didn't mean what you said. It's saying, verse 4, to the woman, you shall not surely die. Verse 5, for God even knows that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Hmm. There it is right there, people. So now what happens? This is verse 5. The temptation begins, doesn't it? In prayer walking, you will be confronted with that no different than Eve was walking in the garden. That old serpent, the devil, is out there. And I guarantee you, you will be tempted in the same way that she was. When the woman saw, okay, what is seeing? Is that one of the first things of the five senses? Sight. She saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, to be desired. There you go. Where is the desire? Whatever you desire you must allow God to have full audience of your desire. Speak your desires quickly to the Lord. A tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit, which means she touched it. So now she's seen it, looked upon it. She desired it. She touched it, and she tasted. She ate and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And then the eyes of them both were opened, and they saw that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together. Well, there's the fall, all right? Now, what happened way back there in Genesis? 
what took place there when they fell. First thing they noticed, did they have armor on? Did they have any covering on? No, they were naked. That's the first thing they saw. They had no covering. They lost their covering. And I wanted, I wanted to emphasize that the eyes of them both were not opened until Adam took of that and ate as well. And so it proves that Adam, the man, was the covering for the woman. That's the way God ordained it. That's the way he authorized it. I didn't say it. He did. That's the way he's, he's, he's brought it forth. He says the, the husband is the covering of the wife. Okay? Now, what took place there? The fall, didn't it? They fell. And man, from that point, began to degenerate, didn't he? He began to degenerate, and he fell deeper and deeper into sin. And in chapter 4, we find Cain, the first murder. Cain kills his brother. Hmm. There's the first murder. And from that time, through chapter 4 into chapter 5, we have mankind, we have introduction, we have Enoch, we have a man, we have an introduction of a man that walked with God. Here's the first in signal that man can walk with God. It says he, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. That's in verse 21 of chapter 5 of Genesis. Verse 32, and Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah. Who was Methuselah? man that lived the longest on the earth, didn't he? He lived right up to the time of the flood, we believe. Died just before the flood. 900, over 900 years. But it says in verse 24, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So here's the first man listed after the fall that walks with God. But by the sixth chapter takes place, it is grieving God that he has made man, that he is nothing but flesh. He is nothing but living by his senses, his sensuality. Flesh the senses that are not unchecked, the senses as we read there in, in Psalms 11, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the people do? The foundation is if your senses by your desire are misguided, then you have fallen into what James chapter 3 talks about after verse 12, 
the wisdom from below. It's full of envy, strife, confusion, and every evil work. It's earthy, it's sensual, and it's devilish. Now think about that. Hebrews chapter 5 talks about it this way. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5, way back over in the, in the New Testament, okay? Hebrews chapter 5. That goes into something that I introduced a while ago called priesthood. Priesthood. And this is talking about Jesus. Jesus, though he was just a man, yet he became a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's verse 6. Hebrews 5, verse 6. But now, all the way through here, it says, who in the days of his flesh, verse 7, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death. He was heard in that he feared. What did Noah do? Noah looked up in Genesis 6, and he found grace in the eyes of the Lord, didn't he? And it says, and he moved with fear to the preparing of the ark and the saving of his household in the midst of a wicked and a perverse generation. Believe me, you are not living in the midst of any more wicked and perverse people than Noah or than Lot with Sodom and Gomorrah. Because Jesus said, before he comes back, it will be as it was in the days of Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah. So don't let the enemy bring you into a pity party in the midst of your trial and your test. Jesus was heard and he was saved in that he feared. And though he were, verse 8, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. That's not a popular teaching. But if the Son of God learned obedience by the things which he suffered, what makes you think that you should have every right to live your Christian life and not suffer? If Jesus, the very Son of God, the very Son of God, God and man in the flesh, had to learn obedience by the things which he suffered, then can't he subject you to suffering? As he learned obedience by those things, verse 9 of Hebrews 5 says, being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Hallelujah. Called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And Paul says in his writing here, of whom we have many things to say, hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. Look at that. that what a statement. I'm not going to say much more to you. He says your, your hearing's getting dull. <laughs> for when for the time you ought to be teachers... Now, to be a teacher, you have to learn something first, don't you? You can't teach it unless you first taught it. 
He says, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles. Now, there's the same kind of expression as Psalms 11. If the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? Teach you again, which be the foundations, the first principles of the oracles of God. You must stand strong on those foundations. And there you become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern, here we are, right back to the garden, what we lost in the garden. Remember, Satan said it'll make you wise, knowing good and evil. Her senses were exercised to the fall. Adam's senses were exercised to the fall, not to discern both good and evil. Adam's responsibility as Eve's covering should have been, Father in heaven, help. My wife has partaken of the forbidden fruit. If he would have done that, Adam wouldn't have to work by the sweat of the brow from the rest of his life. We wouldn't have had weeds growing up and thorns and all this growing on the earth, but that's part of the curse from the fall. So you need to recognize that. Now, in, in, in just cinching this down scripturally, I want you to go back with me now, all the way back to Genesis again. We're going to just keep, we've just been bouncing back and forth. But you need to understand what was lost in the fall. Remember now, in chapter 1, he gave us dominion, didn't he? Over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, every creeping thing, and all that, right? Go and study verse 6, 26 through 28, and learn well the dominion he gave Adam and Eve. Now, after the fall, and after the flood, and after Noah and his wife and his sons and his daughter-in-laws are out on the ground and they begin to multiply, they begin to be set free upon a whole new earth. Look at the instruction again that God gives them. Here it is, very clearly written in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Multiply, replenish the earth. Who has taken hold of that command today more than anybody in the earth? The people of the Islamic faith. They're the ones multiplying. They're the ones taking nations by multiplying population. And they boast of that. They're obeying that command. But many Christians today are only having one or two children. They're not multiplying. They're not replenishing the earth. Verse 2. 
look at this now. This changes from the first wording there in chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, the two times that he says this. Look at how it changes. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth. I love that. Think about those words. The fear and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth. You've heard in my testimony of Marlin, Texas, where the pit bulls, I was walking right in this town that was just packed full of drug dealers. And they each had these fences around their place and just loaded those. This particular fence was loaded with a whole bunch of pit bulls. These are killer dogs. And they were barking so loud when the other three, two brothers and a sister and I were walking. It was annoying. It just was so annoying. I couldn't even hear myself pray. And they were hitting against that chain link fence so violently and it annoyed me and I realized I have been given dominion over these beasts and I pointed at them and I shouted in the name of Jesus be silent people those three witnesses saw that and the man that owned them those dogs shut up and sit down just looking at me Wow. One bark out of their mouth. The man that owned them stuck his head out the window and hollered, what are you doing to my bulls? And I said, I'm not hurting them. I'm not bothering them. I'm just teaching them a little manners. We're walking by with the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, and they were being disrespectful. I'm just teaching them a little respect. Oh, man, that man ducked his head back in the window and never come out in the yard to get after me or anything. That is taking dominion. That's dominion. When I walked over in the Middle East, some Muslim boys sick this big German shepherd dog on me. I knelt down. Now that's a dangerous thing to do before a big dog coming at you with his teeth born and he's ready to shred you. I knelt down on one knee and I said to that dog pointing at it, come here, I want to tickle your ear and pet you. That dog got about 15 feet from me, came to a screeching halt, looking at me at first growling, and then it stopped growling and it started twisting its head one way or the other, and then it started wagging its tail, dropped its head, and came up to me, and I tickled its ear, and I began petting it, and I said, now, don't, don't listen to those kind of commands. Those little boys, they've been taught to do that, but that's not right. Don't do that, okay? The Lord bless you. You're a beautiful creature. We have a saying back in America, a dog is a man's best friend. That's what you're supposed to be. And that dog went wagging his tail back to those little boys, and they began beating it with sticks, rebuking it. Well, that's sad to me. I felt sorry for those little boys that they had been taught that kind of teaching because that's violence. And God 
did not create animals in the animal kingdom to devour mankind, to devour human beings. He, de- he designed them and made them and spoke them into existence to be food for us and to cleanse the earth and to be a vital part of mankind, to be beasts of burden like like donkeys and, and big, big oxen and buffaloes, to be beasts to carry and to pull plows and to do things like that and to be good for eating. So you must take your dominion. You see that. Look at that. It says the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast. How much is every? That sounds like all, doesn't it? The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl. My, they created a movie years ago called Birds, and those birds were attacking people, picking their flesh. It was horrible. I saw the preview of it, and I had no desire to see anything like that at all. Terrorizing the mind of humanity over birds over everything that moves upon the earth. People, that is, that is uh, whatever you can name. When the Lord called me, he gave me Ezekiel chapter 2. And I want to read to you what he gave me. This is on job training, okay? This is trying to get you to sharpen up your wisdom and your understanding and your faith in the Lord, all right? Ezekiel chapter 2. He said, stand on your feet, in verse 1, and I will speak unto you. And the Spirit entered into me, and he spake unto me, and he said, set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send you to the children of Israel. I don't send you to a peaceful people and a people that will love you and love to hear you. No, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. He's talking about his own chosen people. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day. For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted I send you unto them, and you shall say unto them, Thus saith the Lord. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will not hear, forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with you. There's that persecution again. Though you even dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. But speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say unto you. Don't you be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat that that I give you. 
And he said, I did so. And on down here, he says, if you don't do this, and you don't obey, and you don't speak what I tell you, then the blood will be on your hands. But you see, one of the things it mentions here, though you dwell among scorpions, well, that's not a pleasant thing, is it? My, my, dwell among scorpions. I was out in the desert in a place uh, uh, where I was praying and uh, walking, and there were no dwelling, no lodgings in sight. It was, I could hear a river running, and the sound of the river sounded good, and I like to I like to sleep to the sound of water flowing, and uh, so I just uh, took my hand in this dry wash of sand and gravel and heaped up a pillow, because I don't carry a pillow in my backpack, it's too big, so I heaped up sand with my hands and made a pillow, and then I stretched out a plastic mat that I carried, just a sheet of plastic to keep the the dew from the ground or the moisture from the ground from getting my sleeping bag damp from coming up underneath. And then I rolled out my sleeping bag, crawled into it and looked up at that lovely five star hotel above me, all those beautiful stars and fell off into the most peaceful sleep. Thanking the Lord for a good night's rest, taking my, 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 well, Psalms 4, verse 8, sleeping pill. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for so the Lord gives his beloved rest, right? And I fell into the most sweet and peaceful sleep, woke up the next morning to the sounds of, of, of coyotes howling and, uh, and birds singing and all, and uh, thanked the Lord and just laid there for a while thanking the Lord and had a good night's rest and giving my day to him. And then I got up and uh, shook out my sleeping bag in case of a snake or something crawled into it. You never know. And uh, they like warm bodies and sometimes they'll crawl in with you. Thank the Lord I haven't had that happen. But I've had a friend that that did happen to, so I always shake my sleeping bag out if I sleep on the ground where there's snakes. And uh, shook it out and folded it and rolled it up tight and tied it and put it over by my backpack and took the little plastic mat and folded it over to brush the sand off of it and fold it up. And when I went to brush it, it was covered with baby, hundreds of baby scorpions. They were crawling everywhere. Scorpions are like spiders. When they, when they have babies, they have hundreds of babies. I had slept all night long on a bed of scorpions. And I never had one sting from a scorpion. Now, I'm not exaggerating when I say hundreds. Why didn't I get stung when I heaped up a pillow? and then laid out that plastic mat. Only the dominion that God has given to us, see, everything that crawls upon the earth, that's, that's the covenant. That's the, the, the promise of Almighty God that, that, that assures us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. 
be fruitful, go forth and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb have I given you all things. But the flesh with the blood thereof you shall not eat. So we cannot eat the blood, can we? That's an abomination. So are you getting an idea of your, your authority, the dominion that God has given you? Are you beginning to understand what God has done for you to, like Enoch, start walking and praying? Think about this, and uh, I think we can take a little break, and uh, we'll, Praise we'll the Lord. give you some understanding of some personal experience, okay? If you're just joining us, we are live tonight with Henry Groover. This is not a pre-recorded broadcast. I awoke to a text message, and uh, I spoke to Brother Groover a week or two back, and I said, if you get any break, please let me know. We'll bring you on. And he kept his word as he always does. Contacted me, and he said, let's do a show. And I said, let's do it tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> if you're just joining us, this is a priceless recording. You know, Brother Groover, and I, I say this truthfully, if someone offered me $100,000, and said, you can take this or do a program with Brother Groover. I would say, keep your money, because having you on is priceless. This, these stories are true. These things have really happened. And uh, my brother, I haven't heard anybody teach the things that you teach on these programs. Through your testimony, through the mm. golden teaching that you're bringing tonight on prayer walking, our authority in Jesus Christ, um, trusting in the Lord so we can deliver our soul, building your faith muscles tonight. This is awesome. Now, Brother Groover, would you like to take at this time of a five-minute bathroom break, stretch your legs, get you something to drink, and uh, I'll call you back in about five minutes. Would that be okay for you? That sounds good to me. Let's do Thank that. Thank you. Take a break, and I'll be calling you back in a bit, and we'll continue on. Thank you, brother. Thank you, okay, sir. Okay, bye-bye. I'm going to let Brother Groover go take a break. I tell you, I feel like crying. Because to do these programs means a lot to me. To do this program with Brother Groover. He's the real deal. If you've never heard the testimonies of Henry Groover, I don't know what will build your faith if, if his testimonies don't. There is a huge archive on YouTube of places that he's spoken and praise God for the churches that have recorded him. You can watch the videos. We've had the honor since we started Omega Man Radio about six years ago to have him on at least one time a year. It's that precious being able to do a program with Brother Groover because I'll tell you, um, he is on assignment from the Lord going into places that most people will never be able to step. He goes into caves. He goes into the inner sanctums of temples. Invited there by the number one Buddhist priest in all of Japan. 
God arranges circumstances for him that he's able to go in on assignment. Sometimes like a James Bond 007 or Indiana Jones. And get in there and begin to stand in the gap. He stands in the gap. He remits the sins. He pleads the blood of Jesus. He does a list of things to take the land back. Places where people have been murdered. Places where suicides happen, accidents happen, abortions happen. Places that are so defiled that no one can even step foot on the island. Because of what had been done there hundreds of years back by the samurais. That would abuse the children and then throw them up into the air and chop them into pieces as the two parts of them flew over the edge of the cliff right into the ocean. And now you had the two-step adder where you take two steps after you're bitten and you're dead. They had the island taken over and nobody could even come up on it. Trees that would hang off the island were full of the asp and these things would drop in your boat, bite you, you're dead. There's one place like that in Brazil. It's called Snake Island. It's so dangerous. It's got so many poison snakes. Few people will tread on there. But God wanted to take that land back. <clears throat> and he sent Brother Groover over there by himself. He went up the mountain, never knowing if where he placed his foot or put his hand would be where one of those deadly vipers laid. Bite him and he's gone. He would have died in about two seconds. Not only did he make it through up the mountain, but he got up there and he began to hear the screams of the young boys that were being tortured and killed. He'll go into areas and he begins to hear the cries and the screams and begins to have a replay and see in the spirit what was happening. And someone's got to get in there and tear these strongholds down. That's what God has called you and I to do. Take back the land. Tear down the altars. Cleanse the land. Remit the sins. He has had so many harrowing escapes. It's amazing. What he's experienced is better than any Hollywood movie you could ever watch. Because not only are these fantastic, true life stories, but you know what? There's, it's not entertainment. It's instruction for you and I. That God is looking for you and I to stand in the gap to remit the sins and also do likewise. Go out there and take the land back. He's highly sought after. He does very few radio programs because he is so busy. And he's overseas most of the year, four or five time, months at a time. Goes out, comes back, preaches various churches and then goes back on the road again. He does maybe... Two radio shows a year, and uh, we've been blessed to be one of those in most cases. I don't know that he's even had an opportunity to do more than one radio program since he's been back. This is probably the second. I praise God for this opportunity. It's an honor to bring him here. And I want to encourage you out there that if you're being blessed tonight by this program, I'd like to learn more about it. Go check his website out, Henry Groover, G-R-U-V-E-R.com. While you're there, if you'd like to give to support his ministry, he doesn't ask for anything, but if you'd like to, you can. And um, you can also order his books and tapes. They're free, free will and love offering. That's what we're going to do with the Omega Man book. I've come to that decision tonight. 
I'm working, I'm working on um, my first book, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to give it out for a free will and love offering. If you can't afford it, we'll still send you a copy. But that's the way his, all of his materials are. They're free. Free will and love offering helps him continue to do the work. And um, I want to encourage you to support his ministry. God will bless you and you'll have fruit that will come from areas of the globe being cleansed. Amazing legacy that started back when he was like 17 years old. He's been prayer walking for almost 60 years. And um, I praise God to have this opportunity to do this program. We don't have a lot of people here tonight, and that's okay. We didn't have a, a scheduled show tonight. A lot of people don't know about it. I tried to get the word out. But you know what? It's not about numbers. It's about the Lord walking with you. How do you like that testimony of the Lord walking with Brother Groover? And he came up on the pit bulls. There's another story about the Dobermans. And many more like that, where that came from. God performs his word and protect you and I. Praise the Lord. Brother Groover, I want to just tell you before you continue, I am so much enjoying tonight's program. My brother, you're blessing not only my soul, but many people out there in strengthening our faith, encouraging us. And, um... I just praise God for you. I want to thank you for your service for over 60 years. I think you got started when you were about 17. I remember the story, but I just want to tell you that um, keep doing what you're doing because uh, you're making a difference. And with that, I don't want to take up any of your time, but I want to give it back to you. Where we left off, God had given you dominion over 100 baby scorpions. That's amazing. It was. Uh, I, I just, uh, I was just in awe after that. I mean, I, I, I was, I was in awe all day long, just thanking the Lord. Lord, I should have been stung all over the place. I mean, not one sting. That that was such a miracle. Such a such a wonderful miracle. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is so good, isn't He? Yes. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, you're good. You're so precious. So precious. I, uh, I've i just come to the place that uh, I haven't been content to just be business as usual. Uh, I've been asking the Lord more and more to, uh, you know, in the Bible it says that, that Philip, you know, he was translated and he he comes running up alongside this chariot and it happened to be a Ethiopian treasurer. He was head of the secretary of the treasurer of Ethiopia and he was happened to be reading out of Isaiah and uh, about Jesus, Isaiah 53, and, and he didn't understand what he was reading and uh, Philip begin to explain to him what it meant, and uh, he invited Philip to come up into his, so to speak, limousine with him, you know. <laughs> and uh, Philip come up there and rode with him in his limousine and uh, preached the gospel to him. The man gave his heart to the Lord, and praise the Lord, he was saved, you know, and then baptized. And uh, 
And then Philip was caught up, and boom, he was put somewhere else. And uh, in the years I've been traveling the earth, and uh, I've never had uh, so much difficulty uh, walking and praying and getting to my destination now as I have because of all the security and all the problems with flying and the fears that are coming on people is just sad. And uh, as a result of that, what I've been doing is uh, I've for about two and a half years been asking the Lord to just translate me because I, I believe very strongly in Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, where it says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belongs to us and to our children and to as many as the Lord our God will call. And we need to think about that, you know. Uh, how much is revealed in Genesis to Revelation? One person insists that he counted, and uh, he found over 30,000 promises in the Bible. And so when I find promises in the Bible, like that one there in Ezekiel chapter 2, where he says, and you'll dwell among scorpions. It doesn't say you'll be stung, though you dwell among scorpions, see? And... uh, These are promises. These are covenants with God that crawling things on the earth shall by no means hurt you. And, uh, brother, you remember my testimony of the two-step Adder Island. uh, Yes. Abuchi Island. uh, Abuchi Island, all from Okinawa. And uh, how it was infested with serpents. And I didn't know it. The Lord knew it, and how the Lord told me to go walk that and pray it from the ocean side, sea level, to the top of the mountain. Well, now, my poor interpreter turned white as a sheet and said, no, God didn't tell you that, but I did walk that. I did pray that, and just this last February, I was back there again checking up on it because uh, places that we go to walk and pray we see victories, but we should follow up if we can. And so I want to just talk for a few minutes about the importance in prayer walking. Once you take that land, now, how do you take the land? How, what I, I've talked briefly about the intersection and accidents repeatedly happening uh, on the intersections and gave the history of that. And how, how do I, how, why would I give the history of that? How did I know to give the history of that? Well, uh, the, the, the important thing about prayer walking is if you will God, allow the Lord, he can also give you a vision of what has happened there over that land that you're walking. And visions are very important. Visions, to me, are a vital part of the directive of my life from the Lord personally, from him to me, 
for not just for me and my benefit, but to to benefit many others, to benefit where I am geographically, to benefit the people and or the earth. Because we know in, in Romans chapter 8, it says very clearly, starting about verse uh, 18 on through, for we know that the whole creation is groaning, it's travailing, it's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, there's a lot of teachings about manifested sons, and I've come across them in my prayer walking. And, and there's a lot of people that really get excited about teachings of manifested sons. But I don't get excited about that in the sense of my authority, and you can talk and talk and talk about your authority, and you can get excited about what the Scripture says about it and all, but what do you do with it? There's the question. A lot of talk isn't of any value to me. A lot of rejoicing in it. I I, I don't know, Brother Davis, if you remember me talking about walking and praying in Los Angeles. I mean, I'm going back to the late 1960s. And I come across a big church, and it had a banner across the front of it, and it said, we are the manifest sons of God. And I, I had never seen any statement like that. I wasn't even aware at that time of any scripture that manifest sons of God of Romans 8 here, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's in verse 19 there of Romans 8. And uh, so I went into the church. And as I went into the church, it was a big church, a big building. And I, I am amazed as I get into the auditorium Walking in, I look and there are 12 thrones, golden thrones up on the platform. Wow. Beautiful big chairs, golden thrones. And uh, I'm standing there in awe looking at this. I had, uh, I'd never been in my life in a church that looked so wealthy. It, it definitely looked prosperous. I, I have to say that. It was beautifully designed. It was a beautiful building. And the platform up there with the 12 thrones was really impressive. Well, a man came up to me and he said, uh, you don't attend here. And I says, no, no, I, I don't. I'm just out walking in these streets and praying. I mean, he says, uh, walking and praying and that's nice. He said, uh, do you know what we stand for here? I says, well, no, I see your banner out front. Uh, what does that mean? What does it mean? We are the manifest sons of God. He says, well, come on up front here. I'll show you something. And not up on the platform, but right in front of the platform was a very lovely, ornate table. And on that table was a, a large glass beaker. Uh, I don't know how to call it any differently, like you would use in a, a chemistry lab. We call them beakers. It's kind of deep, and it holds liquids. Well, 
inside that beaker was one little thing down there moving inside the beaker. And I looked closely, and I could see it was a chicken, a chicken's heart. Wow. All was in there was a chicken's heart. And I looked at it, and it was beating in that liquid. And I said, well, that chicken's heart is moving. It, it's jerking. He says, it's beating. It's pumping that fluid. Not blood. It's pumping that fluid. That's isopropyl alcohol it's in. I says, well, well, how is it doing that? Do you have some kind of an electrode down there coming through that hits it with electrical pulses? He says, no. He lifts it up. He says, do you see any wires or anything? I says, no. I felt under it and around. He said, our head elder brought that in. He said, God told him to show the people the authority they have, the dominion they have. That was the first time I'd heard anything about authority and dominion in my life, too. And so... He said he had that chicken heart in this beaker, and he commanded it to start beating in the name of Jesus, and he said it's been beating ever since. That's to show we have great authority in Jesus. Well, I kind of looked the situation over, and I said, well, how many people get saved because of that? How many does it cause them to, to repent and call on the name of Jesus? And he says, oh, he says, well, we're not into that. We're, we're above that. We're beyond that. We've now, we've, now, uh, we've now arrived to manifested sons and daughters of God, and uh, we don't do that anymore. And I looked at him and I thought, wait a minute, I don't ever want to get beyond allowing God to manifest in a way that people are saved, that creation itself is benefited by it. What benefit does it bring to that poor chicken that lost its heart and now it's in isopropyl alcohol beating away? And I I walked out of there and I said, well, Lord, I don't know what that's all about, but I'm not impressed. I was impressed that it was beating, but that's as far as it goes. But when he said we're beyond uh, encouraging and promoting salvation, we've risen above that, I lost interest immediately. And the reason I say this, people, is because as long as I live, the number one emphasis and the number one motive and purpose in which I am walking and praying, taking dominion as I have been teaching you and showing you in the scripture, the number one motive is not to show how great authority I have. That isn't the desire of my heart whatsoever. The number one reason that I want to learn the Lord and believe him in greater authority than ever before, and as I started to tell you, be translated more often, is that I may reach the hurting, the lost and the dying more quickly and redeem the time. 
And so I've never lost that desire. I've never lost that cry in my spirit. Lord, I want to know you better. I want to walk and talk closer with you. And so I, for two and a half years, have been really asking the Lord to translate me more because, as I said a while ago, security and these long flights, and I'm 74 years old now, and I, I can only sit so long. I have to get up and do exercises, and if, you're, if your seatbelt sign is on and your flight is rough light and there's turbulence, you got to sit there, and I, I can't sit. I'm a walker. I can't sit for 14 hours without getting up and getting around. I have to, many times in that flight, I uh, have to get up and do squats and exercises to keep moving. Uh, that's the way I feel. But uh, in March of this year, I was walking in my hotel room, and I was asking the Lord, to uh, telling him all about it and quoting all these scriptures to the Lord. <laughs> I don't recommend that, people, uh, <laughs> quoting the word to, to the Lord. He is the living word, you know. <laughs> but I was busy doing it and uh, quoting the scriptures about being translated and, and mainly about redeeming the time and in the last days he'd cut it short in righteousness and... Uh, Occupy till I come, and Lord, I want to occupy further and wider and, and greater distance. And so, Lord, uh, I want you to translate me so I, I can you can just beam me up and put me in the foreign country or across the U.S. or Canada or Mexico. Just put me where you want me without driving, flying, or taking a ferry or a train. And I'm walking in my room and praying that back and forth. And uh, I hear a voice behind me so loud. It's almost a shout. And it says, stop limiting me. And I looked around in the room and I actually went and looked in the bathroom. It, I thought somebody had stepped into my room and, uh, I come out of the bathroom, not seeing anybody, and I said, Lord, was that you? And the Lord spoke to me so clearly and said, yes, you're limiting me in your request. And I said, Lord, I don't know how I can be limiting you when I just want to, to go to the site where you want to use me quicker and then be there and do the work and then have you beam me back, send me back, translate me back home, and I'll redeem the time. And he said to me, I will show you what I mean by these expressions. And I had this vision. I hope it was, a, it was either a vision or it was literally happening. Instantly, I was like in a valley and a punch bowl of mountains were all around me. And millions of people, I was turning a full circle preaching, and millions of people were from close to me, clear up to the tops of the mountains. Just as far as I could see were people. And instantly, as I'm preaching, all of a sudden, I'm translated, standing in front of one person, and I'm speaking a word to that person. 
and then boom, I disappear. And now I'm speaking to another person or two or three, and I'm just touching them and they're being healed and miracles are happening. And boom, I disappear. And now I'm in front of more people and I'm speaking a word into them and they're weeping. And boom, I disappear and I reappear somewhere else in that punch bowl. And I'm just being put, positioned all over in that punch bowl instantly with a word to them specifically, to individuals specifically, where they are, where their heart is, where their cry is, where their hurt is, where their wounds are, where their healing is needed. And then he just translates me to another person, another people, two or three. And I'm all over in that punch bowl. And then the vision is over. And I'm back in my room. And the Lord says to me, now, do you see what I mean? That in the last days, I will do a quick work and cut it short in righteousness. In my word, I have said, if I told you what I would do, you wouldn't believe me. You didn't even believe from what you know of the word. You did. You were limiting me from your understanding of what I have given as promises and covenants to my people. And the time is coming when the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so from this, I, uh, I began writing something. And I wrote it in the back of my Bible. I didn't have a blank piece of paper immediately available. But I'd like to read to you people what I wrote. Key to the glory falling. Now, this is the glory of God has so much to do with being translated and being in and under the power and the authority of Almighty God to accomplish quickly what he wants accomplished, okay? So here's the atmosphere that we need to be in prayer walking or whatever. You know my vision of instantly from my bedroom praying and instantly from Portland area, Oregon, where I lived at that time, uh, I was instantly translated to the streets of Rome with six other brothers. Every one of them were translated to the streets of Rome. Every one of them were following me. I was like in lead because the anointing was on me to accomplish the mission. Their prayers were in total unity backing me to accomplish what God sent us to do. And I don't want to go into the, the fullness of that right now, but I want to read this to you because I think it will speak into you that are hungry in your heart to be used of the Lord and to to experience the awesomeness of his presence in glory. I wrote this, praise until the spirit of worship comes. Worship until the glory descends. There is no formula for how long we need to praise and or worship God. It should always be until his spiritual throne is built. Did you get that? His spiritual throne is built. Now, these manifested sons had 12 thrones of elders up there. 
they say claim they were the twelve elders. There's twelve and twenty-four in the book of Revelation, twelve elders of Israel, like of the tribes of Israel, and they claim they were the twelve elders of the church, of the church age. I don't know. I don't know what happened to that church. I've never been back. But there is no formula for how long we need to praise and to worship God. It should always be until his spiritual throne is built. The Holy Spirit is our helper, and he stands by our side to receive the worship and take it to the Father. He teaches us to worship God in spirit and in truth. Exodus chapter 16, verse 11. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 5. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Once the cloud and the throne are edified, and remember, when we pray in the Spirit, we are edified. That means we're built up in Him. We can perceive the spiritual atmosphere of glory in the natural. Cloud of glory in the spiritual realm. Cloud of glory in the spiritual realm. The ingredients in the atmosphere of glory are continuous prayer, offerings, intercessions, praise, worship, obedience, and honor. This can produce an open heaven and build a divine spiritual atmosphere. Remember, when God's presence descends in our area of worship, he is the one who takes the initiative. If we participate, it is because he ordains it. Sometimes he says to declare a word. Other times he gives a vision of some person's needs, of illness, sufferings, etc. Do not move unless he gives the order. The key is to hear what the Spirit says. That's what Revelation chapters 1 through 3 says again and again. Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the way you will know what the cloud contains. We must discern that by staying in the flow of the Spirit, when the glory of God manifests, we must take our miracles. How? By declaring them and doing corresponding actions. We must do what we could not do before. And when we can, we must run to, the, to testify what God has done. This will seal the miracle and or the testimony of the event. Now, that's, those are powerful words. Uh, you've got to remember something. In the book of Revelation, how did they overcome the beast and his image and the number of his name? Do you remember? By the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of their testimony. And so by walking in the Spirit, 
when I go out to take back the land, let's say that I'm going to take the land in a city. I like to begin in that city where the gates are. Begin where the gates are. Every city has gates. It doesn't matter if it's a little town of 500. It has a major road coming into it and going out of it, state, county road, or it has a railway coming in and out of it, or it has an airport, right? Those are gates. Pray over those gates. Education, the school, if that little town has an elementary school, that's a gate to education. Walk around it and declare Psalms 24, 7 through 10 over those gates and remit the sins and call for righteousness there. Remember, the foundation is righteousness. They cannot be destroyed. All right? And so you go and you take the gates first. And then you declare the righteousness of the Lord over that city as you begin walking the streets. And any sin, as you walk and pray, you do not take one thought personally. What I mean by that is, if you sense sin, all of a sudden while you're walking, sin comes to your mind. Don't start beating yourself up wondering why. You're trying to do a spiritual exercise and you're wrestling with sin in your mind. What is this? Recognize from one step to the next you have just stepped into the territory of the strength of that sin. I learned this at 18 years old. When all of a sudden on those streets of Skid Row, my mind began being filled with such filth and I couldn't understand what was going on. And I cried out to the Lord, and he said to me, Henry, don't take it personally. And I said, Lord, I don't know what you mean. I can't help but take it personally. It's in my mind, my spirit. He said, from one step to the next, you stepped into the territory of where that spirit is very strong and seduces people. Remember in Timothy, it says in 1 Timothy, in the latter days, that strong seducing spirits are going to manifest. And that's exactly where we are, people. Strong seducing spirits are upon the earth. And we must discern where they are the strongest and begin taking them out, destroying them by declaring the remittance of sin of the sinners that are caught in those sins, releasing the goodness of God to the sinner and asking the Lord to pour out his goodness and his love upon them. For it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance, right? Keep that in mind. And then, after you've done this, then declare the righteousness of the Lord, the joy and the peace of the Lord over that area of the street that you have been praying over. And call for righteousness to be brought forth. Okay? Hallelujah. 
And of course, in your prayer walking, uh, go to the police department. Tell them what you're doing. And say, I, I'm, I'm going to start walking these streets and praying them. Now I'm talking after you've begun to mature in prayer walking, okay? Uh, and you get a little bolder and you get stronger in your faith. And go to the police department and ask them, tell them that what you're doing, that they'll, that they'll know why you're walking the streets. And uh, then uh, ask if you can just pray a prayer for them. And of course, pray for their protection. Thank the Lord for the authorities. Thank the Lord for what they're doing. You know, that's that's in First Timothy chapter two, one through three. And uh, first of all, supplications, prayers, and uh, with thanksgiving. See, so when you go into a department of authority like that and you pray that way, I tell you, they appreciate it. I, uh, I, I, I've never had them ask me to leave and say, no, we won't let you pray over us. And just pray a simple, loving, caring prayer for protection and, and thanksgiving for them and keeping their area of the city safe and protection over them as they go out and over the mayor's office. I prayed over so many mayor's offices. I've gone and prayed over the capitals and governor's uh, areas, and I've asked if I could see governors, and I used to do that. Now, many times when you go and pray over the mayor's office, uh, sometimes they'll say, well, would you like to go into the governor's office and meet the governor? And sometimes I get to meet the governors and and pray over them. And, And don't preach to them. Just pray for them and just bless them. That's that's the procedure that is laid down here, see, with supplications and intercessions and giving thanks. See what I mean? For all that are in authority. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've never met anybody yet that uh, doesn't appreciate your expression of thankfulness for who they are and what they do. So keep that in mind, Okay. And so that's, that's an experience that I had in the Lord. And uh, we're coming down to, I think, being with you for almost two hours here in about 12 minutes. I think we'll be with you for two hours. And I better quit because I've got to preach two times tomorrow. Brother Henry, and it'll soon be today. <laughs> if I could, yes, if I could hold you just a few more minutes, I wrote down a few questions I wanted to ask you while we had you. Um, okay. So I'll take you into a little Q and A. And you mentioned uh, declaring the righteousness. How would you pray that? Articulate that for me, um, so we can have an example to follow. Okay. The way I do it is I ask the Lord to raise up righteous individuals in that specific area or around that person I'm praying for or those persons, that he will bring in good, good, mature, loving Christians that will surround that area and be watchmen on the wall 
and show love and tenderness and understanding and kindness to the people of that area. Just calling, that's, that's Matthew, what, 9.37, I think. Uh, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest, because it is his harvest, isn't it? It's not mine. He's the Lord of the harvest. And so I pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest to bring forth the fruit. And, of course, any time you do that, you know, you, you need to be willing to be a witness, to go forward and uh, follow the leading of the Lord and open your mouth to be a witness. And in being a witness in times like that, uh, in procedures of doing that, you don't have to preach to people. In Corinthians, I'm trying to think of the, the scripture that that is, I think it's somewhere in First Corinthians, it says, seeing you have received mercy, we have this ministry. So the, the, to me, the greatest way of, of releasing the goodness and the love and, and beauty of the Lord is to, is to release the mercy and the goodness of God over that area rather than judgment to come into an area and ask God to burn it out and to burn them and destroy them. That, that isn't part of the beatitudes in Matthew five, the beatitudes is blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And so sowing good food, good seeds of righteousness, planting seeds uh, of righteousness, of sowing good words into an area or a region or over individuals is of utmost importance. Just heavily sprinkled with mercy. Okay. okay. So you're coming up to a location and you see a gate or a door and maybe there they have some guardian statues there. How do you deal with that? Uh, what is the purpose of them putting the guardians out there in front of the entrance? Okay. Uh, example, uh, Buddhist temples. Okay. Uh, Buddhist temples, you have lion dogs or ishi dogs. Yes. A lot of houses in, in the Buddhist countries have ishi dogs at their gates and all. The way I handle that, Genesis 49, verse 9, uh, G, uh, the, uh, Judah, Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah, isn't he? Yes, sir. And if you read Genesis 49, verse 9, about Judah, Judah is a lion's well, God from the prey and all that, you know, and the 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 government shall be between his on his shoulders, and it gives the authority of that. In Revelation chapter five, verse five, uh, Jesus is 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 identified as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and uh, I'll read it to you here how how that goes. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Uh, 
I say to these gatekeepers, be silent. I point at them. If I can, like going into a Buddhist temple, and here's a big, here are these lion dogs on each side. I go, if I can, and put my hand on their mouth. And I say, be silent in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the lion of the tribe of Judah is coming in here. Now, before I even go in the gates, I declare, open up your gates and be lifted up your everlasting doors. And remember, in the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord will come in. The Lord God mighty in battle. All right? And so we declare him first over that gate before we even go in. And then we go in with him and we silence the gatekeepers. In many Buddhist temples, you have big, tall statues of giants and they're standing with a spear ready to thrust in you or the, the arrow is pulled back in the bow and they're saying, you come in here, we'll thrust you through. Well, that's like what I read out of Psalms 11. They're ready to thrust you through with their heart. Well, you take authority and you point at them and be, be silent in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the lion of the tribe of Judah has triumphed over you, and he has dominion over you. And I take dominion over you. You will not touch us. You will not harm us. We take back this land in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of his shed blood, body, mind, and spirit, because those are all the attributes that are behind the authority that we have. Now, when you um, go into the place and you confess the sins back to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture, ask God to forgive the sins, pour out his goodness, mercy, and grace on them in Jesus' name, you're declaring the righteousness. What other steps are involved to, um, to actually take back that land and heal it before your mission is accomplished and you go to your next place? Uh, we always then, after we do that, then we release, we pray, and we declare a release of the blood guiltiness off of the land, off of creation, the trees, the plants, the animals, the birds, the fish. A lot of Buddhist temples have, have koi and have ponds. And uh, we break the curse off of the fish and off of the birds and the animals. A lot of them have dogs, a certain type of a dog, and they're, they're like gatekeepers, or they bark to let people know. Uh, we, we loose that curse off of all the creation that's of that area. Uh, there are, uh, and, and we declare every oath, every covenant, every curse, every fetish, as far back as needs be to the very first one, that was established by word, deed, or gesture. We renounce that, the power and the spell of it, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we render it null and void of power. And when we finish walking that area, and as we're ready to walk out, the scripture says in Isaiah, the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing, and the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Well, we're commonly taught that that's during the millennium, right? That's a millennial scripture. 
But what we don't realize is that is a covenant. That is a promise of Almighty God, isn't it? Yes. And every promise is ours. Every promise is is uh, is is a covenant with God, and so therefore we must accept that 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 is uh, now initiated because we have broken the curse. We have declared and broken the curse, and by doing that, the curse or the covenant with death, destruction, or the forces of darkness is thereby finished. And Isaiah is one scripture of this. Psalms 124, verse eight, 1 through 8. Uh, Psalm 17, verse 16. Isaiah 29, verse 6. Psalms 46, verse 1 through 11. All of these are good scriptures on this, but just look now what it says here in 43, verse 1 through uh, 3. But now, when is now? Now is when you have broken the curse. You've begun a whole new era. Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not. Break the spirit of fear off. For I have redeemed thee. We have, by the power of the living God, we have provided thee the, the payment for atonement. Atonement means to make one, doesn't it? Therefore, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you dwell, walk through the fire, it shall not, you will not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Your Savior, I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honorable. And I, how are you honorable? By honoring his word, right? Yes. You've been honorable. You have acted upon the authority and the dominion that he has given you. So you have been honorable. Hallelujah. Therefore, he says... I have loved you. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. So fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east. Here comes restoration. And gather thee from the west. And I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. This isn't only for the returning to Israel. This is wherever you go. Where there's a curse, life is, is squelched, it's suppressed, it's, it's held down, and you have broken the curse. Therefore, now life can be restored. So bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Hallelujah. And then he says, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together. That's restoration and reconciliation, isn't it? Yes. And so in, in doing that, we're, we're, we are ministers. That's in, in, in uh, 
Corinthians chapter 5, it says we have a ministry. We are, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And we, we come with the royal authority uh, that Christ was in us reconciling the world in chapter 5 of Second Corinthians verse 19 reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So when you go in and apply the payment for the transgression, then you begin speaking the word of reconciliation and restoration. As ambassadors, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. What is the righteousness of God? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, restoration, reconciliation. Glory to God. So we can proclaim and declare that over that land. And when I finish that, then I encourage the team with me to start singing the the hallelujah chorus. We just sing hallelujah, hallelujah. And we sing together, lifting our hands over that area and proclaim that, that the trees, the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing and the trees will clap their hands. Hallelujah. Henry Groover okay. is live with us right now. Brother Groover, you mentioned sometimes you carry a backpack. Do you carry a backpack everywhere you go, and what do you carry in it? <laughs> well, I stopped uh, years ago. The Lord stopped me mainly uh, walking by myself and put me on teaching it. For many years, I, I carried a backpack. I limited it totally to 40 pounds, no more than 40 pounds. I always carried a good suit, a nice suit, and dress shirt and tie and dress shoes, that for sure. And then everyday pants, uh, shirts, and underwear that I could wear, just limited, two or three of each at the most, because I would wash them out each night in, in my lodging and take them and put them in my towel and twist them in my towel so they dry quicker. And I, I, would, I would carry clothing that dries fast. Cotton dries very slow. Uh, acrylics dry faster. As they drip out, they dry out. And so in those days, I, I did that. And, uh, of course, my little Bible and uh, limited I limited uh, my weight, and uh, for many, many years I did that. You mentioned in uh, February you were back at Hibuchi Island. How did you find it since you had left it and come back? Uh, They have now put solar collectors for energy, for electricity, uh, in large areas of Hibuchi Island. And... uh, they have opened up some other areas. I see they put another road in, and there are more roads now down where people can fish off of the island. Uh, 
you know, the serpents were so deadly, there were no roads there. And except one old road that had been there and grown over. But now they are plowing new roads, and I can see they're putting surveyor stakes in that are brass. And they're surveying the island for development more and more. Fantastic. Uh, you keep a diary with you. And they are excavating. They're excavating in there. Oh. And uh, are finding artifacts that they state are as much as 5,000 years old. Because when you had went to that island, you saw a vision of the spirit, what, of a samurai fort there and the boys that were being tortured and killed there on the island? No, that was, uh, that was way back my first trip to Japan. And uh, that was a fortress up on the side of a mountain uh, above Oske, Japan, and Maple Leaf Lodge. That was, that was a samurai's taking the boys from the villages and uh, pedophile-type abuse, making them serve, and then when they were through with them, grab hold of them by the hair of the head. They had long hair, and they threw them out over the edge of the, 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 the precipice of the fort and took their big knife and just cut them in half and dropped the other half. And God have mercy. That was my first trip to Japan, and boy, I just cried. And uh, that, I learned, had literally taken place on the side of that mountain. And uh, now there's a prayer mountain there. That is amazing. Like that, over in that shows you <laughs> what happens when you cleanse the land. Um, two, three more questions and I'll stop it. Um, you keep a prayer walker diary. Do you have any plans to release it? Because I know <laughs> this has got some stories in it. <laughs> you know, I, I have not written a diary enough for years. It's all in my memory. And, uh, and it's in all my cassette tapes and CDs and DVDs of testimonies. I have, oh, I have an archive of those and videotapes, uh, that I've never taken time to write from. Uh, I have letters from individuals and testimonies from people that I do keep in a file. Uh, but I've, I've not finished, uh, I've got 250 pages written of the Journal of a Walker, but that, that's only the first 10 years, and I've never, you, I know you've wanted to go ahead and get that published and get it out there, and I've never stayed home long enough to refine that and do it. <laughs> you know, what we want to hear more about at some point is the true story of what took place when God sent you to the United Kingdom on a divine appointment to meet with a, a high-ranking witch there who was led to Christ before he died. I know you've got more to tell yeah. about that. That was Richard Richens. Uh, Robert Richens, I'm sorry. Robert Richens and his wife. Uh, 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 oh, mercy. I know it is as plain as can be. Uh yeah, God used me to bring that man, first his wife, to the Lord, and then him. And he took me to, I had finished walking and praying seven years, and had literally prayed the circle around Wales, and had taken out every one of their human sacrifice altars. Wow. And uh, then I met him, and he just railed on me, and uh, met him in a, 
in a house that the the man had been the queen's doctor for ten years, and uh, uh, he was doctoring the high witch's wife. She was a breeder, Rose Rose Richens. Takes a few years back. My memory doesn't come back so fast, <laughs> but. He got glory. First, she got gloriously delivered after seven hours of prayer and some days of fasting before I would even pray over her. And then he got gloriously saved. And uh, they both are with the Lord now. Um, she died of a heart attack about four years later, and he died uh, about three three years and two months later after he came to the Lord of uh, cancer of the bowels, but he had absolutely no pain, would not accept any medical assistance once they diagnosed it. And uh, I went with him, went over to him and to pray for him, started to pray for his healing, and he stopped me and he said, Henry, please don't do that. He said, I believe with all my heart that Jesus will forgive me, uh, that he could heal me but I'm forgiven. And he said, but I have said to the Lord, if there's the slightest chance I would ever be drawn back into witchcraft uh, and, and, and disgrace you and, and disappoint you, Lord, then don't heal me. Don't let me die of this. Let me die of it because I love you too much and I don't ever want to go back on you. And, uh, Two days later, he did. After I was sitting there, he passed away. His wife in his arms and his son, who they his wife had named Christian, but she didn't know how to spell Christian, and his name is K-R-I-S-T-A-N. <laughs> Brother Groover, yes, is it true that uh, he glorious. would actually manifest and move um, around an area through the mirrors in the room? Yes, they can. They absolutely do. Uh, the mirror, mirror on the wall, which, you know, that, that they say it's fairy tale, but it is not fairy tale. Uh, I recently prayed over a pastor's home that they said they were having demonic oppression continuously, and they couldn't understand it and asked if I would come to their house and pray over it. I stepped in the living room door and I looked at a mirror on the wall, and because they wanted me to pray through the whole house, they had every door of their house open, and it was a quite large home. I could see from that mirror, standing where I was standing, I could see into every room of that house. The mirrors were positioned in such a way that you could stand there and see into every room of the house reflecting into that mirror. And I, I had them stand there and I said, do you realize what you have done in positioning these mirrors? And they said, well, we didn't position them. We bought the house and the mirrors are beautiful. And we said, we want the mirrors to go with it. the party had died that owned the home. And they just sold the house as was the children didn't want anything in it. And so they said, well, we would like the mirrors. And they said, well, everything in the house goes with it. And I said, you see, spirits have literally have access to your house, every part of it, through these mirrors. You have to get rid of these mirrors or reposition them. 
and we're going to claim the blood of Jesus over every one of them and any covenant that was ever made. We did that, and the oppression in the home stopped. And it all is by spirits being able to go through the mirrors. That is amazing. Um, it, it is, and, and I learned that from that high witch. He told me that. They could literally go through mirrors into rooms. Brother so Groover. If you have mirrors in your home, you claim the blood of Jesus over those mirrors and seal them off in the name of Jesus. That is amazing. Um, two final questions. You were recently in Mexico, I believe, and walked uh, into an area where they told you you will probably get killed if you go over there, and you came up to what turned out to be like a drug dealer's fortress with Doberman attack dogs. Yeah, they were they were Dobermans, and uh, they were 12, 12, 13. There was a pack of them is all I can say, just a pack of them. Wow. Running along the fence as I came. And as you uh, got up there, you did the same things you had done before on those attack German shepherd dogs, and uh, they came up and became your friend. You petted them, tickled their ears, and the guards at the gate dro- uh, basically left their positions and ran with their machine guns. What happened next? Oh, boy. We have lost Brother Groover. Stand by. Brother Groover, welcome back. I, uh, my, yeah, I lost you. I my internet connection went down. We'll keep you five more minutes. You left off at uh, the Doberman Pinchers became your friend when you took authority over them. What happened next? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I yelled out at these two guys with their, their assault weapons, their automatic Uzis, you know, at the gate walking back and forth. And I yelled at them, Gloria, Dios, Señores, Jesus Cristo, te quiero muy mucho. You know, just my poor Spanish. But I hollered, glory to God, Jesus Christ loves you very much. And they looked at me laughing. And, uh, and, uh, I'm trying to talk to him in poor English, poor Spanish. Uh, you know, almost all dead, and how are you? And and uh, they look at each other and laugh, and they open the gates, and out comes these dogs, just tearing at me. And I knew, you know, I could go try to climb a tree, but they're coming so fast. How far are you going to get? How much time do you want to spend in a tree? You know what I mean? Yes. If they're going to send dogs to eat you up, they're going to shoot you. So I just knelt down, and I, I, I was praying in the Spirit, and, I, and the Lord just reminded me of my dominion and my authority. That fear and the dread of you come to me became so real. And I just said, come here, you beautiful creatures. I just want to tickle your ear and pet you. And it got about 15 feet from me. And the lead dog just stopped, and they all stopped. And they stopped growling and barking. And then the lead dog began wagging his whole rear end and dropped his head and come up to me, not growling, just come up to me, and I just started petting him. And next thing I knew, all these dogs were around me, and I was petting them and talking to them and blessing them in the name of Jesus. And I looked up, and the two guys at the Uzi's, the, the, the guns, I never saw them again. I went up to the gate with the dogs all around me yelling, hola, hola, almost those kids trying to get attention, and nobody would come out to me. And so I went on walking, 
and uh, went on up walking, and uh, the dogs went with me a long ways, and finally they headed on back and uh, never had anybody attack me in that way. <laughs> Brother, that, that, is one, that is one beautiful story. Um, where are you headed next? You're getting ready to go back overseas again? Yeah, I'm getting ready to go back to Taiwan. I was there in March, and uh, I'm getting ready to return there. And, of course, Japan, and possibly Singapore and Malaysia. I'm not positive, but uh, that's the area that I'm assigned to right now. And uh, in March, I had 10 people. You know, I went into China and was with the leaders of China for five days and was literally represented as the ambassador of the United States for five days. Amazing. And in a Congress, and that was a tremendous testimony. But uh, uh, 10 people came from China to me in Taipei, Taiwan, begging me to come back to China. And uh, remember, I prayed all the executive offices, praying, let my people go and open up China, the bamboo curtain, for the Christians to worship freely and to go across the earth witnessing and, and bringing missions, missionaries across the earth from China. That's what I prayed all across for that hour and a half in and out of every executive office in China. Well, I was just, uh, I was in, uh, in uh, British Columbia in a Chinese man's house, and he was watching on his computer, and he called me into his room, and the premier of China was making a speech, and he interpreted it for me. And the premier was stating, I have put an executive order to be uh, immediately activated that the Christians across all the 110 provinces of China may now gather in groups up to 100 maximum without harassment, arrest, or... or uh, uh, any provocation whatsoever, totally free to worship and to visit. Well, I asked these 10 back in March, has this really happened in mainland China? Because they were from Beijing. And they said, oh, yes, yes. And we want you to come and preach and teach prayer walking across China. So that door is open. I just... Uh, I've asked my wife if I could add another country to begin going to again. And she said to me, Henry, you were gone 11 months last year from home. Please, if you're going to add another country, you've got you've to gotta take it out of time uh, from another country because don't, don't be gone that long again. It's just too long. I, I'm gone 10 months of the year as it is, but Last year, I was gone 11 months, and she's begging me not to be gone that full amount. Brother Henry, there's well, two countries that need you, China, and also you got to come down here to Indonesia. Uh, and we need you down here on the Island of the Gods, 25,000, 35,000 demonic temple shrines and altars. I think it may only be second to Japan. But you know what? I believe God's well, doing something in Asia because um, I'm broadcasting tonight with you from Bali. Um, in a few days, I got to go to Kuala Lumpur to renew my visa. They only give you 30 days at a time here in this country. You get one extension, but we got Singapore next door, Kuala Lumpur, as we mentioned. And um, God is doing something here in Indonesia, the largest Muslim population in the world. But you know what? 
they're allowing the Christian church here, and it's growing. And, um, you know, in a land of Muslims and Hindus. And um, pray about if God would allow you to visit Bali maybe for two or three days to do a reconnoiter down here. If you happen to get to Singapore, we'll work a way to get you over here to check it out, spy out the land. But I believe God's going to do a great thing with you in China and Indonesia. I will. I really will, brother. I, I will pray about that. And if the Lord says do it, I'll be there. Amen. Brother Groover, to you. How, can, how can a person support your ministry as we close tonight? How can they get involved with your ministry? Well, they, they could send a donation uh, to uh, Joyful Sound Ministries, uh, Post Office Box 144, Woodbine, Iowa, five one five seven nine or they can go on computer and look up joyful sound ministries dot com and uh, they can make a donation through PayPal on that and they'll get a receipt for it and uh, um, or on our website they can order materials we've got different books and CDs and DVDs available all of that uh, we use to support the ministry and as an extension. So we won't uh, harass you with uh, all kinds of literature if you give to the ministry. Uh, you receive a receipt, and uh, it's up to you if you uh, communicate with us that way again, because we don't just keep we don't even send out prayer letters and. All of that. I'm sorry. I, I just don't have time to do that. Uh, there's plenty of messages on the computers that you can look up and on, uh, on what do you call it, Facebook or whatever it is. Um, YouTube. Yes, sir, YouTube. 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 I'm on that all over the place. <laughs> so, I want to encourage people to, uh, to go to your website, henrygroover.com, support his ministry. Be a part of what God is doing worldwide through this ministry. And Brother Groover and the prayer walkers. And uh, Brother, if you do get a confirmation to come to Singapore or Malaysia, please communicate that with me. I'll make a way to get over there. I'd like to meet you in person and come out and hear you firsthand and um, keep up the good work. Um, I want to thank you for making time for us here on this program. It really means a lot. Well, bless you, Brother. Thank you very much. And all of you that are listening and uh I just pray the Lord will just seal this in your hearts and uh, that it'll bear an abundance of fruit after its kind, that you'll take it and uh, apply it, not be just a hearer, but a doer of the word. And uh, and I know the Lord will bless you abundantly for your obedience. And uh, thank you and God bless you till I talk to you again or see you face to face. We'll see you next time, my friend. We love and appreciate you. Let me pray for you before you go. Thank you. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this divine appointment tonight to have Brother Henry Groover here on the program to, to bring and teach your word. I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would surround him with your warrior angels, loose a battalion of warrior angels around him and his family. In the name of Jesus, we just plead the blood of Jesus over you, Brother Groover, your family, the travels that are coming up. In the name of Jesus, I ask God that you loose angels to go out and create favor. Open up new doors, God, for ministry. China, Indonesia, anywhere, God, that you would have him to go, I know he will go. We're asking that you would bring in the resources that he needs. 
And in the name of Jesus, we break any word curse or any witchcraft that has been sent against you or your family. We break it in Jesus' name. And we bind up every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, or retribution that would come against you and your family for the work that you're doing for the Lord. We break its power. Loose you in Jesus' name. God bless him. Loose your ministering spirits to him to give him strength, energy, God. Give him good night's rest. And we thank you for the report that's going to come back next time. In Jesus' name, bless everyone that is tuned in tonight, Lord God. We thank you for this word and for encouraging us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Henry, and we'll see you next time, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, brother. The Lord bless you real good now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And good night. (laughs) That was Henry Groover, the prayer walker. I need to just take a, a breath and just absorb that. It's amazing. I'm just I'm just um, speechless right now. To get Henry Groover on is a one time a year opportunity. We didn't know we were going to make it this year. I want to thank Sister Cecilia Turner for encouraging me multiple times to follow up with Brother Groover. We did. We chased after him. At one time, I thought I had lost all communication channels because I was getting a message that his uh, phone number was out of service. Voicemail fooled. No response came back. And then one day, we didn't give up. We prayed. I prayed. I know others were praying. Lord Jesus, help us to make communication with Contact with Brother Groover. We'd like to get him back on, Lord. A text message came back. And that led to a, a phone call about two weeks ago. I got to talk to Brother Groover by phone. He was on the road in his car at the time, as he often is. He's usually en route somewhere for his next mission or speaking engagement. Highly sought after to come out and give testimony. These are true stories that he's related, and there's more like that if you go to YouTube and also Mega Man Radio. I think this is the uh, probably the fifth or sixth time we've had him on. We usually get him on one time a year. We're blessed in doing so. And uh, he doesn't do many radio interviews. He told me that. He says, I just don't have the time. And uh, as much as I would like to, his time is very short. So I think this is maybe only the second radio program he's done in America this year. From what I understood. And I, I count that an honor that we could get him on here on Omega Man Radio. I appreciate him. Well, he's headed back overseas. And God puts him on many missions. Some of them clandestine. He's literally the 007. Uh, the Indiana Jones. He's the real deal for the kingdom of God. He didn't just talk it. He walks it. <laughs> literally. Pun intended. He walks it. Takes back the land. You know what? You and I can do it too. I want to encourage you to uh, go to his website, henrygroover.com, G-R-U-V-E-R.com. There's a, a catalog there of different audios and videos that they've put together there. And he's written several booklets, books. Each one gives a, a little piece of his testimony and gives you more information. If you'll go back and look at the collective body of the five or six shows we've done here, 
we've asked questions which put together the, the pieces of the puzzle of what a prayer walker does and how you can do it. These are broadcasts full of meat and gold nuggets. I hear, I'm here to tell you, they are treasures. And I praise God that we got one more program done tonight and got a few more answers tonight. What do you think about that where he talked about what you do when you come up to the gate or the doors or the, the guardians? Look, I'm facing that right now here in Bali. Maybe some of you in your city where you're at. Everywhere I go, you come up upon a door. There's the guardians out there. They might be um, Ringda, the queen of the demons. Some weird-looking gargoyle with pop eyes. Uh, some of them look friendly. Some of them don't. What do you do? Now I know what to do. Because those things want to attack you in the spirit. That's what they're there for. On one hand, in some cases, they're there to ward off evil spirits. The other hand, they are the gatekeepers. And you can be attacked by these evil spirits. You've got to know how to defend yourself and fight back. That's why this information is valuable. Amen? There's places that you can walk on here that reports are people have been attacked and lost their mind. They went insane because of the demonic stronghold the demons that swarmed around those areas, the guardian spirits, to attack people and try to take them over. High places on cliffs where they're doing active witchcraft, contact with their demon gods, worshiping them. Some amazing stories. I said, God, I want some more adventure. Well, he's given it to me. I'm going to see some adventure down here. There's uh, doors that go into these temples and there's signs that say any menstruating woman cannot enter. I didn't get a chance to ask him about that, but amazing. But you know what? You don't have to go to Bali to have adventure, to do a work for the Lord. God needs you right there in your city. There's a place in every city or places or maybe whole cities where just the enemy has taken them over. Crime, abortion clinics, murders, accidents, Suicide points. Those are all areas, places where they're practicing the occult out in the woods. Or out in the open. There's places that you can prayer walk and take back. Amen. There's an assignment for each and every one of us, wherever you are on the globe. Become a prayer walker. Begin to bind and loose in Jesus' name. Begin to take back the land. Begin to remit the sins instead of retaining them. Stand in the gap for people. I tell you, I'm excited when I heard his testimony of the door opening up to China. China is opening up. Russia seems to be closing. They're trying to stop the move of the gospel. And you know what? The doors may not always be open. They could shut again. Well, we need to get in there and occupy and reach as many as we can while the door is open. But these are true stories that you've heard. Habuchi Island. I got, I got my facts straight out. Habuchi Island was cursed. And I don't know what the activity was that was there, but it resulted in the deadly two-step vipers. It was the other place where he said his first mission to Japan where he encountered the uh, samurai fortress. That was a true story. Young boys being pressed into service to the samurai, sodomized, abused. 
and then grabbed by the hair and thrown off the cliff and chopped into two pieces and they would just fall down into the rocks in the ocean. God have mercy. That's an area where you got a curse and had to be broken. The land had to be cleansed. Places like that all over the globe. Every city across the, land, the earth. So you can be a prayer walker wherever you're at. I just want to get some hands-on deliverance going. We've done plenty of it over the air and we'll continue. But I said, God, give me an opportunity on the ground. And so I'm praising God for each opportunity. So far we've had two or three. And um, I'm excited about more. God's got a lot more for you to do. For me to do. You're not here by chance tuning into this program. God wants to give you some more training tonight through these programs and then take the information you've learned and begin to go out there and and work with what God puts in your path and the assignments he gives you to do. Could be starting with your family, praying over them, taking back the family in Jesus name. Then praying God will put people in your path to minister to. He can use us all. It's not too late. You're not too old. He's just looking for men and women saying, Lord, here I am. I'm excited. If we'll humble ourselves, God will, will lift us up. He can use us. Amen. Well, I'm just blessed today. God have mercy. What an honor to be able to do this show today with Henry Groover. We'll probably not get that opportunity again for another year. That's how rare these are. Pray with me, if you would, about um, God opening the door to get him down to Bali. I would love to see him prayer walk this island. Boy, they need it. It may be one of the most concentrated locations on earth of, of demonic forces. But God can come through here and do Operation Clean Sleep like he's done in other parts of the globe and wants to continue to do. And I know one day, Lord Terry, Henry Groover is probably going to get into North Korea. He's gotten up to the border right there at the DMZ. He could see into North Korea. I believe God wants to break into that, the kingdom of the, you know, the hermit kingdom. I'm excited about these stories. It gets me pumped up. And if you want more where this came from, not only go to our archive here on Mega Man Radio. Like I said, this is the fifth or sixth one we've done. Two to three hours each one. But check out his YouTube. There are a lot of them up there. And uh, we're going to be playing more of them right here on the program just to get the word out about his ministry. Support it. HenryGroover.com. If there's any materials you want on his website, just write them and let them know. They'll send them to you. It's free will and love offering. And I want to encourage you to um, support their ministry. In doing so, that means that you get fruit in any place that they go. It's an awesome opportunity. Well, thank you for um, spending your time with me tonight. Again, I had no idea this was going to happen. I woke up, praise God, I checked my text message. And there was Brother Groover. He kept his word as he always does. I'm hoping to get to meet him. Um, would like to um, see him if he gets over this way. He's scheduled to maybe go to Singapore and Malaysia. I'm going to be in Malaysia next week. I've got to go out to renew my visa. I would that I didn't have to make the trip. It costs money every time i got to go. So we're working on a long-term visa. But, you know, it's all in God's hands. And... Uh, if Groover gets over here, he's only about two or three hour flight from me. I want to get over and meet him, and we hope to be able to bring him into Singapore. I don't know what it would cost to do that, but God will make it happen if it's his will. 
And I think what he would do is he would come over to Bali and probably spend about three days. We'd get him in a hotel here, um, take Mati, and get a, get a taxi driver that will take us around the island and let him begin to visit these places. Major marine spirit strongholds here. Get him to survey the land. There's big gates to the beaches like here in Kuta. You walk through a big gate to gain access to the, the beach. Those have spiritual significance. There's gates down here, doorways, high places, demonic thrones and altars, worship centers. And, I mean, man, they're everywhere. It's just go down the road. And I went down one street and it was one temple after the next. Private temples get, um, at that. Each city, ha has, or fillet as they call them, has their own temple, one or more. Amazing. Good people down here. They're just in bondage. They need the truth. Well, we're going to get this up in the archives. I went ahead and got up last night's shows. We had uh, two awesome broadcasts last night, plus the night before we had the uh, Feed My Lambs Winston Folks broadcast from London, England. I've got everything updated through this program here. We'll get this one up today. And... Uh, back next week we're gonna be back monday and tuesday with all new shows and then wednesday through friday i'll be abroad in kuala lumpur but i'll be back over the weekend and we'll be back the following monday doing all new programs i'll be able to get another 30 or 60 days on my visa before i have to leave again so um we're going to continue to do these programs and i know good things are ahead and i believe we've got more time but we need to stand up and be and vote and be counted. Amen. Vote Trump. <laughs> 2016. Buy America more time. God bless all of you. I love and appreciate you. If you want to find out more about this ministry, you'd like to support it, you can do that. You can still listen, even if you don't support it. It's free. It will always be free. You can download the programs for free. But those that do support, understand you help us to be able to continue to do this and bring more great broadcasts like tonight with Henry Groover and great teaching and uh, you have fruit in it you can find out more about how to do that at megamanradio.com I want to thank you all for helping me make it this far Lord Richie bless you have a great weekend out there and we'll see you back God willing on Monday for the marathon love and appreciate you Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory drive out the hosts of hell and take back the land our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.